The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Alcantara, Soroka, you look so good in Boca. Peralta, Manoa, Balsac, Ferrer, Rinola, Gilito, Castillo, Yoshida, Mosusuka. Welcome in to Fantasy Baseball Today on Friday, May 20th. Frank Stanfield joined by Scott White, and we have a very eventful podcast for you today. Max Scherzer is out six to eight weeks. Cardinals prospects are on the way. We had a triple dong for Trevor Story, and I have him in a few roto leagues. In each of those leagues, I jumped at least five points in the standings, so it was <laughs> amazing to get that game out of him. We've got week eight sleepers, two-star pitchers, and maybe if we have enough time, got some fantasy justice at the end of the show. True story. Scott does the Wordle before every podcast, and he's just there trying to solve it while I'm like furiously scrambling and throwing the rundown together. Uh, Scott, no yeah. spoilers, but how was today's Wordle? Uh, not the best. I got it in five. Oof. I got it in five. I've, I've, I've never missed one, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to a point where three is my median score. Right now, three is my most frequent score, but it's not close to being the median score yet. And that's that's what I'm working toward. All right. It's nice. Big little, goals in life. <laughs> it's a nice goal to have. Anyway, let's start off with Max Scherzer. Even before, oh my goodness gracious, we'll get to all this other big news. There was so much here on Thursday afternoon. But let's start off with Max Scherzer. He is out six to eight weeks. What happens now? Well, Scott dropped him down to SP28 in the rankings. I've got Scherzer down at SP25. Obviously, there's no replacing Max Scherzer, but perhaps we can get 75 to 80% of Scherzer's production via trade, whatever it might be. You pick up some two-star pitchers here or there. Scott, I know that you wrote an article which is live on the site right now. So who are some of those names? Maybe some that you're looking to acquire via trade while Max Scherzer's out. Well, I don't think the names are going to be terribly surprising to people who listen to the podcast on the regular. But hey, a big news day. Maybe we got some some newcomers here. So my favorite name is Charlie Morton, who, as we've been saying all along, nothing looks especially wrong in the data. Velocity's fine. Spin rates, especially in that curveball, still amazing. Now, he did have his best start last time out. Uh, nine strikeout, two hit effort looked like it all came together for him suddenly as we were we were hoping. So he may be a start too late, but the overall numbers still look bad. 
you know, just a week ago, people were pleading with me on Twitter to, for their, for their, my blessing for them to drop Charlie Morton. So yeah. I, you know, it, the, the thing is, it's a good time to lose a pitcher, both because the, the, the game is stacked toward pitching right now, right? Like it's, it's a lot harder to find. It's, it's a lot harder to upgrade your, your hitting than your pitching. So if you have a surplus anywhere, hitter wise, then you could probably go out and get a Charlie Morton pretty easily. Or if, you know, maybe the person who has Morton is a believer or uh, doesn't have an obvious need that you can fill. We're still early enough that other high-end pitchers' numbers look kind of kind of screwy right now. And, and another obvious case would be, would be uh, Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers, who actually has a career-high swinging strike rate so far. He's had no trouble missing bats. The underlying numbers, by and large, look the same as last year when he was a top-five pitcher in baseball, uh, at least subjectively. So I have total confidence in him still, and yet I've been there. There have been people on Twitter asking me, "Oh, can I trade Brandon Woodruff for this obviously worse pitcher, whoever it is?" Like I still see Woodruff as a top ten guy. So if you can get him at like a top thirty cost, that sounds great, and and that might be a way to to replicate Scherzer's production almost exactly. A little beyond those two, I would uh, look at maybe Jose Barrios, who's off to a bad start, but we've seen him go through rough patches before. Year to year, the number's very consistent for him. So, you know, not the same upside as those other two, but I think well worth acquiring on the cheap. Julio Arias, whose velocity's been down a little. Shane Bieber, whose velocity's been down more than a little. But I think that might allow you to get him at even more of a discount. And I'm, I, I retain some hope that mechanically Cleveland's going to figure out what's going on with him and get him, get him right. And, uh, and Robbie Ray also. Robbie Ray, you know, is more in the upside category than, than like Brios and, and Arias. And uh, he, kind of like Charlie Morton, looked like he may have gotten right in his last start. The last he was back. Uh, last two starts, the strikeouts have been up. But remember, in his last start, Robbie Ray allowed five earned runs. So I don't know that the person who has Robbie Ray is necessarily going to see it that way. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you can still get him for cheap. I have another name too, but I don't think I'm going to get your blessing on this one, Scott. But Trevor Rogers, someone who is drafted in most leagues as a top 30 starting pitcher and has not lived up to expectations, but his most recent start was encouraging. He gave up one run. He had eight strikeouts in that game. So I would be looking to acquire Trevor Rogers and Alex Cobb, just another name we've mentioned multiple times. He just got blown up in Coors Field, so you could probably get him for dirt cheap. Someone might have even dropped him yeah. in your league, so go check it out with Alex Cobb. Yeah, I mean, those are those are probably going to be lower cost than any of the guys I'd mentioned. So yep. it, it kind of, you know, the, the other thing we have to consider here is if you lost Scherzer as great as he was, you know, presumably he was your first or second round pick, uh, and, and that's a blow, but... Like if you've if you've been aggressive on the waiver wire early on, you you may have a whole cadre of quality pitchers on your roster already. Like you may not have to do that much to replace him. Uh, you know, six to eight weeks is a long time, but it's it's not forever. And you want to be the first to lose a a stud player and uh, and get through it okay. So you know, 
don't panic. I mean, if you're if you're in the bottom of if you're out, if you're at the bottom of your standings at just Lux Scherzer, okay, maybe panic a little. But if you're uh, if you're doing all right, this doesn't have to be as devastating a blow as it feels like today. Tell that to my NFBC main event team, Scott, where I just lost Max Scherzer. I lost Tyler McGill. I have Nick Lodolo stashed on the bench. I have Ronzi Contreras stashed on the bench. So these uh, these those bench spots are, are filling up rather quickly. So it's, and, and those 15 rough. team leagues make it harder for yeah. obvious reasons. It's Yeah, it's tough. Uh, one name I'll ask you about selling high on, a hitter. Taylor Ward. I keep getting questions. Should I sell high on Taylor Ward? Look, he's playing at a level that we've never seen Taylor Ward play at. And something Chris has said before is, generally, you should expect a player to regress when we haven't seen them perform this way before. Now, of course, there's always players that break out year over year. Cedric Mullins is an example last year where he came out of nowhere and he was amazing. And that might just be Taylor Ward this season. So I'm not saying he's absolutely going to regress. But, Scott, would you trade Taylor Ward for... I don't... You're not going to be able to get Woodruff for him. You could try. I don't think you're going to. But would you trade him for maybe Charlie Morton or Jose Barrios? Does that sound like a fair deal for you? I don't think that's an obvious sell high. Uh, I'm not going to flatly say no. It it depends what I need more, but probably I need hitting more. I have, I don't know about you, Frank. I've I've moved Taylor Ward into my top 30 in the outfield. Yeah, I I did as well. Who are just inside my top 30 at starting pitcher. So I, I, I think, uh, I think that's just basically an even trade and not something I'd want to do. If, if I had the player who was leading the majors in every, (laughs) every part of the slash line, he's leading the majors in batting average on base percentage and slugging. He's not going to, so yes, Taylor Ward is a, is a is a sell high. He's not going to be the best hitter in baseball. He's not going to win the MVP. You can clip this, save it, play it back. I, I'm not worried because it's not going to happen. But is Taylor Ward going to be a must start player all year? I'm pretty confident in that. All right, so you'd aim for maybe a Robbie Ray or a Shane Bieber, so a top twenty starting pitcher, someone like that. See, Bieber's a tough case because yeah. I don't know what I don't know how that's going to play out. Okay, would you do it for Robbie Ray? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 unless I'm just stacked in pitching. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move over to the other big news item from Thursday. The Cardinals prospects are on the way. Tyler O'Neill was placed on the IL with a right shoulder impingement. As a result, second base prospect Nolan Gorman's contract was selected. And not only that, but pitching prospect Matthew Liberator will also be promoted and start Saturday against the Pirates. Liberator came over in the Randy Rosarena trade from the Tampa Bay Rays a couple of years ago. But let's start off with Nolan Gorman so far this season in the minors. He's batting 308, 15 home runs, OPS over 1,000. We've talked about him a ton, Scott. The downside is that he's got a 34% strikeout rate. It's kind of weird. Kind of seems like maybe he's selling out for power and that's affecting his Uh strikeout rate because that wasn't always the case for him in the minor league level. So he's 52% rostered. What are your expectations for Nolan Gorman? And is he a must add? Yeah, that that strikeout rate, you know, it seemed like that was something Gorman conquered last year at at AAA. He he struck out less than 20% at the time, really good rate. And now it's 34, as you said. My expectations, I think we need to be honest about expectations. We have to be honest about what a prospect call-up is in 2022 because we're now in year three of 
high-end prospects getting called up and by and large looking silly, like looking like they need more time in the minors, no matter how good they looked in the minors. And I don't think, I don't think the fantasy playing world has calibrated to that reality yet. Uh, Cause you know, it, it, it was a little unclear. It, it started in the pandemic shortened season where there was no minor league action happening. And so what was going on with these guys? Why did this keep happening? Was it just a, was it just a, a few scattered cases in a row or, or was it, you know, a new reality when, when I first started writing about fantasy baseball 15 years ago, that was my normal approach to prospects was, okay, they're probably not going to be good right away. They're probably not going to be good for a couple years, but at some point they hopefully will become good because there are always new good players, right? <laughs> the league doesn't ever run out of good players. Uh, but then we went through this long stretch prior to 2020 where it's like every prospect came up and just did exactly what he was doing in the minors or close to it. So they seemed like it was like magic. You could just pick up this call up and all your problems would be solved. Okay, we're not there anymore, I don't think. So the expectation for Gorman having struck out 35% of the minor league uh, of the time against minor league pitchers is that it's probably not going to go well. That should be the expectation. That, And, and you know what's not going to help is looking at the Cardinals matchups next week. This is who his first full week in the majors, Gorman is going to have to face Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, and Corbin Burns. Yikes. So they are hanging him out to dry. Uh, but, but the reason why you... St- still in most cases want to take the chance on him is because occasionally the minor leaguer will come up and be an impact bat right away. Juan Yepes seems to be doing that. Uh, Royce Lewis was doing that before he got sent down. It's kind of, it's, it's a lottery ticket in the truest sense where, you know, it's probably just going to be a waste of time, but if it isn't, then it, it could be this miracle for you off the waiver wire. So you take the flyer on Gorman, maybe not in points leagues with the small rosters and where the strikeouts are going to hurt you more. Maybe he's not automatically must-add there. Uh, but anywhere else, frankly, anywhere else, you probably should have had him stashed if you had been following my, uh, my prospects report and the, the five on the verge. Uh, but if you don't have him stashed already, sure, take a flyer. He could be an impact power bat for you, but more likely... He's going to strike out a lot and maybe even get sent back down. This Royce Lewis situation, by the way, I know I'm jumping around, but it just gets weirder and weirder. His first game back at AAA, first at bat, hits a home run. He goes three for three with a home run at AAA on, on Thursday night. So Royce Lewis, man, he's he's really handled this well. I, I think continue to stash him, but I I really like to see that, you know, sent down and, and just keeps going. That That is awesome to see. Um, Fab Scott, when it comes to Nolan Gorman, I, I looked back at some of my Alec, Tom, uh, my leagues with Alec Thomas, where he uh, went for thirteen point seven percent of Fab in my twelve team leagues. That that was like a three league sample, and then in my fifteen team leagues, also a, a three league sample, he went for twelve point two percent. So, what are you thinking for Gorman? That kind of ten to fifteen percent range this weekend? Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you if you have to get him, you probably have to go fifteen percent to ensure it. But again, that's 
with the understanding it's probably not going to work out. So, you know, this is this is where you'd rather be in a straight waiver claim league where you don't have to uh, you don't have a budget to manage. You can just hope your turn order is up and and you get to take advantage. Uh, now, what scenario would I probably be willing to go 15 for Gorman? Well, if if I was desperate for power, if I was desperate for a second baseman, and a lot of people probably are desperate for either of those things, then it's it's probably worth it to me. Otherwise, I might throw one to five dollars at him and, and hope I get lucky. Okay. I know it feels like we're kind of piling on Gorman here, but I will also mention that he has struggled against left-handed pitching at seemingly every level of the minors. So just one more thing to be concerned about, but... I hope he, I hope he's a smashing success, but yeah, me too. <laughs> Got to be honest in the evaluation. Like, I yeah. mean, we've gotten burned so often by higher end prospects call ups than him. Just gotta gotta keep it real. What is some of the fallout with Nolan Gorman? Well, Tommy Edmond will play shortstop and he'll gain eligibility there for fantasy. And it seems like Brendan Donovan could lose playing time. They're talking about maybe moving him around in the outfield, uh, but it's unfortunate because Donovan was playing well. He's got a 316 batting average, 990 OPS, small sample size so far, but he was playing pretty well for them. How about Matthew Liberator? We'll talk about him in the minors this season. 3.83 ERA, 1.20 whip, 46 strikeouts, over 40 innings pitched. Seems like he has a diverse four-pitch arsenal here, Scott. He came over in that Randy Arena trade, as I mentioned, 17% rostered is Matthew Liberator. Is he a must-add pitcher? I wouldn't say he's must-add. I mean, he's he's interesting. He's he's been a top 100 prospect from the time he was like 19 years old, but he never he never really took a step forward in development. He started out as 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 being a a guy with really good pitching instincts, deep arsenal as you said, throws strikes. But he kind of just settled in as this finesse type of pitcher that, you know, the environment is going to be more welcoming for him than, than maybe it would have been a year or two ago. And, and so hopefully he'll be able to find success that way. But just, you know, even though he had more than a strikeout per inning at AAA this year, his last four starts a 9% swinging strike rate against minor league hitters. So I, I don't know that he has the bat missing potential to be an impact player in fantasy. Uh, but, you know. This year, Martin Perez has been an impact player, so <laughs> at least so far. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, it's more of a wait and see approach. Uh, if you want a streamer for next week, he'll be facing the or this weekend, I should say, he'll be facing the Pirates. So you know, could it, it's a it's an easier welcome than Gorman's going to get. Well, I guess Gorman's facing the Pirates at first too, but you know, that's his first full week. That's what it's going to look like. Uh, all those tough pitchers. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a must to add Liberator, but if you're looking for an extra arm, uh, you know, it might be harder to get him after that pirate start, depending how it goes. Scott, did I just hear you endorse a pitcher in a daily lineup league this weekend? I mean, <laughs> I didn't even I, have I'm to get sure. to uh, to stream or not to stream. I'm sure when we get to that segment <laughs> and you have him on the list, the pitchers are going to be so bad that Liberator is going to stand out as. Somebody I begrudgingly recommend. I didn't even put him on the list because he's not listed on MLB.com yet. So (laughs) unfortunately, uh, you won't have the pleasure of doing that. Uh, So if Liberator starts on Saturday, that means he'll line up for the Brewers next week, which you probably don't want to start him for that one. Someone I'd look to add in all 15-team leagues or deeper, 
you know, 12 team Roto, maybe take a shot. Uh, but let's see how Liberator does this weekend. Okay, now, finally, almost 20 minutes in. Oh my goodness gracious, from Thursday's action. Oh my good goodness gracious. Scott, I realize I didn't even ask you beforehand, who would you like to talk about? Do you want to take Trevor's story or should I take Trevor's story? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious one, right? I'll, I'll, I'll go with Trevor's story. All right. Trevor's story, three homer game, suddenly coming back to life. And, and what's funny is I, I almost tweeted something about, ah, it's, you know, the, the heat is on, you know, because the weather's warming up. But it was in the 50s, <laughs> Fenway tonight, and he still had three home runs. So uh, he's been doing better. Lately, he had kind of been building up to this over his last nine games now, including today's game. He's hitting 333. And that's even though in May his average exit velocity is actually lower than April. So I don't know what that says. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, obviously it wasn't the environment changing in this game. Maybe it was just one of those things, but there there have been suspicions about inconsistencies with the ball again. So, who knows? But, bottom line, Trevor's story wasn't going to be that bad forever. Hopefully, this is the springboard to to the stud numbers we expected from him all along. Just an absolute massive game. Four for four, triple dong, three socks, one shoe. He actually stole a base in this game, too. So, I know you mentioned it's got those last nine games. Yeah, 333 batting average, five homers, four steals. Trevor's story... Adjustment period, moving from Coors Field to Boston, could take some time. The whole Red Sox team really slumped for the first month, and their offense is waking up. J.D. Martinez has been awesome in May. Rafael Devers is coming around. Bogarts, I think, is batting around 350. So it took some time, but things are coming around. Martinez, he went four for five in this game. Yep. And his past 20 now, he's batting 398. Ooh, I had some stats for him on the month of May. In May, he's batting 397 overall, four homers, nearly a 40% line drive rate, according to Fangraphs. His average exit velocity, 94.4 miles per hour for J.D. Martinez. The guy is absolutely crushing the ball right now. Oh my goodness gracious, for me, Framber Valdez makes it five straight quality starts. This one up against the Texas Rangers. Seven innings of one-run ball, seven strikeouts, to two walks. That is the key. He's been keeping the walks down. Two walks or fewer in each of these five quality starts. He had 14 swinging strikes in this start on 96 pitches, seven on the curve, five on the cutter. Now, this is interesting. He used his cutter a season-high 14% in this start, and it's actually been his best whiff pitch this season. So we know he has a devastating curveball, really good sinker, which helps him induce ground balls at a, at a near 66% clip. Now he adds in this cutter, which if he throws it 10 to 15% of the time and it's adding whiffs, you know, this might be, might be something that can unlock more strikeouts for Framber Valdez. He was just awesome in the start. The sinker velocity was up one mile per hour. Scott, he was hitting 97 at times. He was awesome. He's peaking at 97 with yeah. that sinker. Now, Pitching Ninja referred to it as, as a demon sink, sinker because <laughs> prior to this year, I hadn't seen, I, well, I shouldn't say prior to, to this year, but last year, Valdez didn't throw a sinker more than 95 the whole year. Wow. And now he's, he's peaking at 97. So I don't know what's going on there. Deal with the devil, maybe. <laughs> Getting the demon sinker. 
The demon sinker. How did he come up with that one? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's pitching ninja. He's a nut. Yeah, uh, I love it. I, I love it. Anyway, Frember Valdez. Yeah, uh, last five starts. Again, he's been awesome. Five straight quality starts, and um, I, I want to see where he goes with this cutter because, again, you know he's going to get the ground balls. If he can keep the walks down, uh, he's he's going to be quite good. Let's hmm, do we want to. Now, let's take a quick break first. Before we do that, Fantasy Baseball Today is here to help you dominate your league all season long, but now you can represent your favorite podcast with official Fantasy Baseball Today gear only found on the CBS Sports Store. Discover t-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and more to remind your buddies how you got the inside scoop to crush the competition. Right now, Fantasy Baseball Today listeners will get 20% off orders when they use this podcast exclusive code fantasy baseball 20 during checkout that's fantasy baseball 20 and it's only available for our listeners head over to store.cbsports.com slash collections slash fantasy baseball today and shop now it's a long link i've got it in the podcast and youtube description as well another true story i think that's the second or third time i've already said that this podcast but uh, I was looking in my closet to try and find my Fantasy Baseball Today hat so I can wear it on today's podcast. But my closet is just filled with a bunch of hats, and I couldn't find it. I got frustrated, and I just ran and Did grabbed they, this generic hat. So. You're looking very high when you say that. I, I don't. I can't see what your closet looks like, but yeah. you're, you're not looking like eye level. So no. I'm, I'm just imagining this avalanche of hats. Right falling on you as you're looking for it yeah if i make one wrong move in there scott i mean there there's going to be some stuff tumbling out so Mm. it's one of these closets with the sliding door they don't slide correctly i'm not a handyman i'm not fixing it you Uh, know you can eat your way out you have a penchant for eating hats (laughs) shout out to last year if anyone's been listening uh since last year you know what that's all about fernando tatis made me look quite stupid anyway if you want to hear more about top prospects by the way We will be talking about them on our Saturday edition of Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. That's our five-minute podcast. Download and follow wherever you listen to this podcast. We'll take a quick break, and we'll get to the news and notes here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. The news and notes. Jose Ramirez will receive an MRI after he fouled a ball off his right shin on Thursday. I believe he continued that at bat and had an RBI single. So the fact that he played, I think he eventually left the game, but 
cross your fingers because we cannot afford to lose Jose Ramirez right now. Stalling Marte will be activated from the bereavement list on Friday. Yoan Moncada felt discomfort in his leg during Thursday's game, but he played through it. So hopefully he's all right. Tyler McGill is scheduled to play catch on Friday. He's on the IL with biceps tendonitis, but said his arm is feeling better. Scott, I just can't help but feel that the Mets are (laughs) making some kind of mistake here. I don't know if they're forcing him (laughs) to play catch or it's probably not the case, but maybe he feels added pressure now that Scherzer got hurt. Just don't rush back, man. Take your time. We (laughs) I'd rather have a healthy Tyler McGill than like a 75% version of, of whoever he is. Mitch Garver was reinstated from the IL on Thursday, and Nick Solak was optioned to AAA. Ryan Mountcastle is on track to return from the IL Saturday when first eligible. Joe Barlow was unavailable Wednesday due to a, quote, hot spot on his right index finger, which is a fancy way to say blister. Uh, it was... Matt Bush, who came in for the save, and he blew it on Wednesday night. Dodgers pitching prospect Ryan Pepio was optioned back to AAA, and he's been subpar through his first two major league starts. I believe it's eight walks in his first two outings. Scott, should we continue to stash Ryan Pepio if we picked him up? I uh, probably not in most leagues. No, I'd, I'd be more likely to take a shot on Liberator than to stash Pepio. All right, Chad Green was removed from Thursday's game with right forearm discomfort. Michael Waka has been cleared to return and start Friday against the Mariners. Tigers starter Matt Manning exited Thursday's rehab start due to lightheadedness. The Tigers cannot catch a break right now. He's banged up. Casey Mai is still on the IL. They just lost Michael Pineda. So Alex Fido is going to stick around for quite some time, I think. Michael Taylor was placed on the COVID. And that's somebody I like more than Matthew Liberatore. Okay. And he's only 8% rostered is Fido at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, he's not Max Scherzer, but if you're playing a deeper league, he's someone that you could look at and kind of help soften the blow there. Some prospect news. Shane Boz allowed one run while striking out five over two and a third innings in his first rehab outing at AAA. I saw he got up to, I believe it was 24 pitches. He's 74% rostered or 75. So in 10-team leagues, some shallower ones, make sure that uh, Shane Boz is... On a roster somewhere. If he's available, make sure to pick him up. Max Meyer was placed on the minor league IL with ulnar nerve irritation. I know he got rocked in his most recent start too, so that might have contributed to it. Uh, Scott, this kind of puts a damper on stashing Max Meyer. What do you think? Yeah, you could probably get away with dropping him in, in anything shallower than 15 teams, but it's not expected to be a long-term absence for him. But obviously, it'll it'll be couple weeks at least and then he'll probably need at least a couple starts before the Marlins even consider bringing him up so it'll it'll be a while before his promotion certainly isn't imminent all right let's get people ready for week eight and we'll start with a look at the schedule two teams have five games next week that is the White Sox and the Marlins the only must-start players that I have Scott Jazz Chisholm Luis Robert Tim Anderson Jose Abreu and Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. What do you think? Five game week? Yeah, probably. Uh, Grandal especially because, uh, I mean, what kind of catcher are you going to pick up off the waiver wire to replace him with? Abreu, <laughs> I, I could see somebody just having a bunch of first base options and and, and maybe sitting him for the five game week. But, but most people are probably going to stick with Abreu. 
as, as bad as he's been out of the gate here. All right, 15 teams have six games next week, and 13 teams have seven games. Before we get to Scott's two-star pitchers to add, let's take a look at some of these fringy options. And Scott, you just tell me, do we start them in all formats, head-to-head points, none? And let's start with Jose Barrios, who is at the Cardinals and at the Angels. He's been iffy this season, tough matchups. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think he's must-start, but he is... An advisable start. It's it's hard to sit Barrios in any two start week, and and fortunately his last start was decent. So hopefully that'll that'll help get him going. All right, Alex Cobb versus the Mets and at the Reds. He's coming off a start where he got destroyed, but it was in Coors Field. Yeah, I would say advisable, especially that with that matchup at the Reds. Josiah Gray versus the Dodgers and versus the Rockies. Good thing it's not in Coors Field, it's in Washington. He's less than 80% rostered, so I actually do have him on my sleeper pitchers list. Mm. And, you know, he's ranked lower than Barrios and Cobb in my two-star pitcher rankings, but he's still in the category where you're probably going to want to use him. And it's a revenge game against the Dodgers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough matchup, obviously, far and away the highest-scoring offensive baseball. But I, I wasn't on yesterday's podcast. Uh, I, I imagine you and Chris talked about Josiah Gray doubling his slider usage and it being responsible for like 15 of his 16 swinging strikes or something in his most recent start. And uh, if he's going to miss bats like that, hopefully that will help avoid the home run problems he's had from time to time in the majors. Yeah, it's just so tough because I think he has the stuff Undoubtedly, he has the stuff Josiah Gray does, but his combination of walk rate and how often he induces fly balls, it's its just scary. So uh, I like the swinging strike rate, but uh, we'll, we'll see. It's in tougher matchups next week, but Scott likes it. Blake Snell versus the Brewers and versus the Pirates. What do we do there? So I was tempted to say points league only for him just because in his return, as we've seen from him so much over the years, <laughs> struggled to throw enough strikes to be of any use to anybody. But I'm going to go ahead and, and, and say, give him a shot for this week. Two matchups, one against the Pirates is obviously a great one. And uh, if it doesn't work out, we're probably going to be benching Snell for a while. All right. Tyler Malley versus the Cubs and versus the Giants. He threw a quality start on Thursday against the Guardians. Yeah, he did throw a quality start against the Guardians, and I believe it was a second straight. But he's just been... There's so much weird stuff going on with him. Like, he only had six swinging strikes in this one. Uh, The swinging strike rate, by and large, though, has been okay. He's just been getting knocked around a bit, and obviously not much help from his supporting cast in Cincinnati. These are two home starts, I believe. Yep. Yep where he was terrible at home last year. I think he's, I mean, he's been terrible everywhere (laughs) this year. But yeah, bottom line, Tyler Malley, I have in the points league only category. I think that makes perfect sense too. It's, he's just kind of a weird pitcher, not a ton of whiffs. He walks too many, he gives up fly balls. He's on a bad team. It's a bad ballpark to pitch in. So I'm with you. I think it's too risky in, in Roto or category leagues. Cal Quantrill. He is at the Astros and at the Tigers. So Jekyll and Hyde matchups there for him. Yeah, he had a good start here on Thursday as well. 
and has kind of gotten back to being the quality start machine he was in the second half last year. I don't know how he does it. But I, I think he's usable for the two starts in a points league. All right. And he has Sparp eligibility, so that definitely helps in the points league format. Steven Matz versus the Blue Jays and against the Brewers. So two scary-ish offense. The Blue Jays, I don't know. they kind of been hit or miss this year. Yeah, they don't. They, they rank at the bottom third of the league and run scored, actually. But I don't think anybody believes they're going to stay there. So I, I think they're pretty dangerous still. Mats I have in the points league only category. And I'm not saying you have to start him in points league, but this is the second to last category in my two-star pitcher rankings. Everybody below this category is just a flat no for me. So Mats is... Matt's is two spots above that. Oh, well then, I think I know the answer for all three of these pitchers, but I'll ask anyway because they are widely rostered. Kyle Gibson at the Braves and at the Mets. He's he's right after Matt's, just before that no thanks category. Ooh. So if you have him in a points league and and you don't have enough studs you can turn to, because obviously you start the studs regardless of one matchup or two in most cases, then I think Gibson you could use. And he had a good start on Thursday too, even though it was short. Fair enough. Zach Greinke at the Diamondbacks and at the Twins? Can't do it. Zach Plesak at the Astros at the Tigers? Nope. All right, let's move into your two-star pitchers that you want to add and stream. We already talked about one of them with Josiah Gray. Who else do you have for Week 8? All righty. Yes, so that... Uh, okay, sorry. Let me start here. Jordan Montgomery, who made a start against the Orioles... Thursday, it wasn't fantastic, especially considering he was facing the Orioles. Let's see. Three earned runs in five innings, seven hits, only three strikeouts. But the thing about Jordan Montgomery is like when it goes poorly, that's what it looks like. He rarely gets crushed. He rarely has like this gem that makes him look like an ace, but he rarely gets crushed either. So whenever he's making two starts, I think that's a pretty easy call. His matchups, he gets the Orioles again to begin the week, and he gets the Rays for the second of his two starts. Sonny Gray is is too rostered for me to call a sleeper, but I want to highlight him too versus the Tigers versus the Royals. Uh, two bottom five offenses. I think you go with jo- Sonny Gray just like you go with Josiah Gray. In fact, I actually ranked Sonny Gray ahead of Josiah Gray this week. Nick Pavetta, now he's only 45% rostered coming off that complete game gem against the Astros. This week, Pavetta against the White Sox and the Orioles. So again, two really favorable matchups. I think the the, the kind of run he's on right now, you got to go with him. Tyler Anderson, who's been surprisingly effective for the Dodgers, like a really high swinging strike rate too. I don't know what kind of magic they're working on Tyler Anderson, but he gets the Nationals and the Diamondbacks. So that's a that's a yes for me. A little further down, we get Kyle Freeland. Two road starts against the Pirates and against the Nationals. And he's he's kind of been piling up quality starts for the Rockies. Hard to trust him, but easier on the road and, and certainly with matchups like that. Only 14% rostered in CBS Sports Leagues. I, I have Kyle Freeland ranked ahead of some of the guys we talked about earlier, Cal Quantrill, Stephen Matz, Kyle Gibson. I'd, I'd rather start Freeland over all of them this week. Same goes for James Caprillion, who's 
had a couple decent strikeout games since returning. He gets the Mariners and the Rangers. Those are pretty good matchups. Marco Gonzalez, he gets the A's for one start, the Astros for another. So opposite ends of the spectrum there, but he's he's kind of rolling right now. We've seen Marco Gonzalez do that for several years now. Uh, the peripherals never look very good, but he just quality start after quality start. So hopefully that continues this week. Adrian Hauser against the Padres and Cardinals. He, that's okay. You're just looking for volume. Dane Dunning against the Angels and Athletics. Opposite ends of the spectrum there. But again, if you're just looking to get in that extra start, I think it's okay in points leagues. Uh, but I would say the cutoff for ones that I'm really excited about is, is probably Kyle Freeland, who, you know, so ahead of ahead of Caprillion, Gonzalez, Hauser, and Dunning. Fortune favors the brave. You've heard it once. You've heard it a million times. I don't really know what to do with this segment, Scott. (laughs) It's a weird one because we're technically not telling you to use this player, but maybe if you're just really desperate and you just need some volume and you want to throw a two-star pitcher out there and you want to take a chance and you're feeling brave and you're feeling bold. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, (laughs) I kind of approach this segment as... I do not want to do this. This is beyond my risk tolerance. But there are more, yeah, there are more, there are people more tolerant of risk than me. And maybe they'll want to do this. Cause you know, I could say Kyle Freeland, 14% roster. That's a fortune brave favors the brave pick, right? But that 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 doesn't feel brave enough to me. Right. Because I would actually do it, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going going to instead say Dylan Bundy who gets the Tigers and Royals this week. I wouldn't actually do it, Frank. That's the whole point. (laughs) Don't look shocked. Uh, I mean, that's that's really brave. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mine mine probably isn't that brave, but he's lower rostered. It's Dane Dunning. You know, it's one scary start. You just talked about him. Angels and at the Oakland A's. I kind of like Dane Dunning, man. He's got the two secondaries, the changeup, the slider, sinker induces ground balls. I like Dane Dunning, so I'm taking the shot there. Last week, I had Kyle Bradish. Oof, the wor- uh, the first start of the week was brutal against the Yankees, so I actually did pick him up and start him somewhere. I I, I was brave, but wasn't my best call. <laughs> Single start streamers for next week, Scott. Who do you have there? Uh, not as exciting. There are better two start options than one start options this week. So all the way, you know, obviously I published my top 10 sleeper pitchers for every week, and they're all rostered in less than 80% of the leagues. That's the whole concept. Hard to find 10 pitchers worth advising who are rostered in less than 80% of leagues. And so I preface this with that because my top one start sleeper for this upcoming week is only sixth on that list of sleeper pitchers. Martin Perez at Oakland. I actually feel okay about that considering he's sixth on the list. Really good matchup and, and he's been cruising. Cruising for a bruising, you might say, but... It's actually, you know, he's been successful. So maybe it'll continue against that AAA lineup. Alex Fiedo gets the Guardians, who've actually, you know, actually ranked higher than you think in terms of runs scored. But I still don't think of them as a particularly good matchup. And I like Fiedo, and he's only 8% rostered. And uh, Wade Miley against the White Sox, who are still a bottom five offense in terms of runs scored. And I just think he's, he's competent enough to take advantage of that. And then Hunter Green against the Cubs if you're looking for 
something a little more exciting, maybe a few more missed bats, more risk too, obviously. But, you know, he's coming off, what, a nine strikeout game last time? So against the Cubs, maybe he'll do something like that again. All right, the best hitter matchups for next week. We've got the Twins, the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Yankees, and the Tigers. And then the worst hitter matchups, the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Rays, the Mets, and the Orioles. All right, Scott, who do you have sleeper hitters for week eight? All right, so there aren't a lot of names that line up with those most favorable matchups, unfortunately. The Twins you mentioned have the best of all. But the only Twins hitter I rostered in less than 80% of leagues who I could muster muster any recommendation for is Max Kepler. So that's it. And, and here's the problem with the Rockies, who you mentioned are third in the best hitter matchup. Yeah, the, the pitchers they're facing are weak in seven games, but they're all on the road. Mm. And so you get that hangover effect where, you know, basically every Rockies hitter's numbers are, are bad on the road. So even if they're favorable pitchers, do you really want to start Rockies? Well, I think among those rostered in less than 80% of leagues, Brendan Rogers and Randall Gritchick, those are the two I'm going to vouch for. And, and Rogers' case, at least, you know, he was actually better on the road last year. Rare case of a Rockies hitter being that way. Hasn't been true this year, but obviously small sample and, Hopefully, hopefully he's beginning to heat up. Uh, I think uh, the Guardians didn't make the top five sleeper hitter matchups, but if it was a top seven instead of a top five, they would have. So Andres Jimenez and Owen Miller, yes, I think are are fine starts this week. Jimenez, baby, let's go. Jimenez is actually my top sleeper hitter this week, so I don't know what. I don't. Yeah, check my <laughs> check my temperature. I must <laughs> I must be ill. Um, Yuli Gurriel, who's been heating up. I like him to continue that this week. Mike Yastrzemski, also been hot lately. And, and, uh, yeah, all six of the pitchers the Giants are facing are righties. So, uh, Yastrzemski tends to do okay against lefties, but, you, you know, righties are better. Ian Happ, who I think is just under-rostered. Christian Walker, who we've talked about, he's heating up and has some really uh, good data underlying it and number 10 on this list is cole calhoun he's the most available only 17 percent rostered four home runs in his last five games you know not not the best matchups ever but they're okay they're okay i could see him i could see him continuing this hot streak all right there were two hitters i wanted to ask you about scott and they both had big games on thursday I've asked you about him all week. Anthony Santander, he went three for four with a three-run walk-off home run against the Yankees, his seventh of the season. And then Juan Yepes went three for five with his third home run. He is batting 333. Surprising that Yepes is only 62% rostered. And then I saw your worst hitter matchups for next week. So that's why yeah. you're not on the list. I just gave you what Nolan Gorman's looking at his first full week of the yeah, majors. Same thing rough. for Yepes. Bunch of Cy Young candidates there. Mm -hmm. Or at least... Last year's Cy Young candidates. But, I, but would, I would say if you have the ability to just stash someone on your bench, Juan Yepes should be rostered in more than 62%. I mean, leagues. every, uh, like twice a week, I'm writing about him in the waiver <laughs> wire, it seems like. People are just aren't coming around. No, he's, I would like to recommend him for sleeper hitters. I like him just in a general sense more than the, the list of hitters I gave you. Right. 
I have learned never to recommend as a sleeper hitter somebody who has one of those worst matchups. It 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 rarely goes well. So I'm not going to do it. That's not to say, again, my my pool of sleeper hitters is limited to those rostered in less than 80% of leagues. So I'm not suggesting you you bench Paul Goldschmidt because the Cardinals are facing uh, <laughs> all those electric pitchers. But you know, if you're if you're talking about a, a hitter who's normally pretty fringe, I think you'd lean against starting them if you can. All right. Make sure to check out Scott's sleeper hitters and sleeper pitchers over the weekend because if anything changes with pitcher matchups and, and where they're lined up to pitch, Scott will have that mentioned in the article. Let's talk about some hitters who keep raking in May. I Every day I mention a few because, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of hitting in April, so I want to hype up whoever has actually been hitting so far in May. Paul Goldschmidt continues to get it done three for four with his sixth home run. He is batting 385 with five home runs, a 12-15 OPS in May. John Carlos Stanton went two for three with his 11th home run. Actually would have had two home runs if those Orioles didn't push the walls back in left field. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think it was like a 370-foot single off of the <laughs> off the wall. I wonder field. how much they're regretting that now, seeing the way the ball has played this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much they factored that into their calculations. But yeah, that's it's been frustrating for sure. I'll tell you who's going to love it. It's Grayson Rodriguez when he gets to the majors, him and DL Hall. So maybe that kind of yeah. factored into their decision making. We, we were hoping John Means would take off because of that, but ah, poor John Means, man. Uh, in May for John Carlos Stanton, by the way, he's batting 333, seven homers, 1155 OPS. Pete Alonso went three for four, hit his 10th home run, a walk off for him. His May so far, 309, six homers, a 1015 OPS. Julio Rodriguez, three for five with his third home run. His batting average is now up to 270 overall. Why? In May, he's batting 338, three homers, and 890 OPS. The strikeout rate is 25%. His average exit velocity this month, 92.7 miles per hour for Julio Rodriguez. He's been awesome. We told you earlier what J.D. Martinez is up to. He's been great. Dalton Varsho went one for four with his seventh home run. In May, he's batting 300 with three homers, a 914 OPS, 26% line drive rate. Boom. Hang an L on my forehead because... Dalton Varsho has made me look very dumb so far. Where should we add these hitters, Scott, if anywhere? And they're names that we've mostly mentioned before. Uh, Jorge Mateo went one for three with a run, an RBI, his 11 steal. Batting average is actually creeping up for Mateo, I've noticed. And that 11 steal tied him for the league lead with Harrison Bader and Julio Rodriguez. Still 39% roster. Do you think that number needs to be higher? I think Jorge Mateo needs to be rostered in every rotisserie league. Is that 40% of CBS Sports Leagues? It's probably about right. Yeah. Uh, so does he need to be rostered more than 39%? You know, maybe some head-to-head categories leagues too, maybe 45 instead of 39. But I think it's about right. He's he's a special, he's a format specialist as a one category specialist. And I don't think he's gonna be more than that. I have to point out again, by the way. So tied. Mateo is tied with Harrison Bader and Julio Rodriguez for the major league leading steals, which mm-hmm. is just how, just how we expected it to go, right? Oh, steals. Those three names. Steals are just so wonky, man. It's just so <laughs> they're they're kind of like saves in a way because you just they're they're independent of other statistics, and 
you can't really predict them. I mean, steals are motivation-based. If you want to run, you're going to run. Saves, okay? If your team has a three-run lead, you have an opportunity at a save. Can't really predict those things, so it's it's pretty random. Uh, Harrison Bader, by the way, I assume you don't want to add him anywhere else, Scott. He's 52% rostered. That probably sounds about right then. Yeah, I mean, he's basically in the same category as Jorge Mateo. He's, yeah. it's, I'm glad he's running this often because he's not doing anything else, and he's like the worst combination of low exit velocity, high fly ball rate, you know, hardly hitting any line drives at all is Bader. So I, uh, I don't think he's going to be any more useful than that. Two other names. Tyler Naquin went two for four with his fourth home run over his last nine games. He's batting 424. He's got four doubles, two homers, eight RBI, two steals. He's got seven home games this upcoming week. Unfortunately, four lefties on the schedule for him. And then Hunter Dozier went three for four, hit his fourth home run. And in May, he's batting 339. He's got one homer, four doubles, an 883 OPS. Scott, any interest in Naquin or Hunter Dozier in, I guess, deeper leagues? I don't see them becoming mainstays in fantasy, but they're, you know, they'll, they'll pop the occasional Homer and yeah, I, I think, I think they're fine. Like fifth outfielder types are Dozier and Naquin. They'll, they'll wind up on my sleeper hitters list from time to time. All right. Some hitting leftovers just have to show some appreciation for Tim Anderson, who has been awesome so far this year. Two for three, two walks, two RBI, two steals. He now has seven steals on the season. He's batting 346, and he is the third shortstop in Roto right now, behind only Jazz and Trey Turner. He's second in fantasy points per game, which surprises me. He doesn't walk that much. I, I think he, even with these two walks, he only has five walks on the season, but shortstop, Kind of hasn't been great so far this season. Uh, he's averaging 3.3 fantasy points per game. That is before Thursday's action. Luis Robert went three for four with his sixth home run. He's now batting 301. The ground ball rate, Scott, that's what I noticed, is holding the power back for Luis Robert right now. 53% ground ball rate for his career. That's 40.5%. So hoping that kind of regresses closer to the career average for Luis Robert. Yeah, I was just noticing today, Luis Robert, as much as he improved his strikeout rate last year, he's improved it again this year. He's like... It's 15%. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a contact hitter with... <laughs> who, he's a contact hitter who also hits the ball very hard. So hopefully he'll begin to elevate it a little more. For what it's worth, the expected stats are off the charts, like StatCast, yep. which is still aligned with last year's environment. It hasn't... It hasn't updated to account for the, the way the ball is playing this year, those expected stats, but they're off the charts for Robert. So they're saying he should be performing like a stud and, and look, he's not far off from that, but it, it could get even better. Jose Altuve went four for five with two doubles. His batting average is up to 286. The OPS is 935. I was watching that game. I think they said that he has the second most four hit games in Astros history behind only Craig Biggio. So that's, that's who I would have guessed were one and two in <laughs> yeah. Astros franchise history. Yep. I think he's got a pretty good shot at, at, at breaking that record. Scott, that is uh, Jose Altuve. A few pitching leftovers. You Darvish had a strong bounce back performance at the Phillies, seven shutout innings, six hits, zero walks, five strikeouts. He lowers the ERA to 3.91. George Kirby with a meh outing. 
at the Red Sox, eh, it, was, it was actually pretty bad. Let's just call it for what it is. Five innings, eight hits, five runs. He only had three strikeouts. He's home against Oakland next week, so I think we're just going to leave him in there for that. And then our guy, probably not our guy, 1-800-GLEN-OTTO, turns in his first quality start of his career. Six innings, really? two runs. Yeah. Actually, That's surprising. Maybe I made that up. It's definitely the first one this year. I don't. I don't think he had any last year. Oh, but. Well, let me check last. Year. I mean, he had. Remember his first start up. He looked great, but it may have been only a five inning start. So you may be right. Let me. I'll double check that. All right. So uh, Glenn Otto, he's six percent rostered. Uh, he did have twelve swinging strikes here against the Astros. So that's not nothing. He's at the Angels yep. next week. It's a tough matchup. So. That uh, was a five inning start. Yeah, he never went six last year, and. Uh, well, this is the first time he's gone six this year. So it's his first six-inning start ever. Yes. Which, by definition, means he could have never had a quality start before this one. And, yeah, he only had two strikeouts compared to three walks. He had 12 swinging strikes on 96 pitches, and his whiff rate for the season is is like right there, too, right? Just just under 13%. So he's, he's getting swings and misses. Uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think Glenn Otto's worth keeping an eye on. I don't think it's time to add him yet, but he is looking. It's looking like there's real ability there. All right. Anything you'd like to add on George Kirby and you, Darvish? Yeah. So Kirby only had the three strikeouts, six whiffs on 71 pitches. That's not a good rate, obviously. It's two bad starts in a row after impressing the first time out. And I'm not really sure what's wrong. I mean, maybe he just needs to figure out how to sequence his pitches against major leaguers, you know, normal development stuff. I, I, as, as I was saying at the top of the show, it should be the expectation again that prospects, no matter how, how high end, are going to need some time to adjust to the majors. But what's really stood out for me for Kirby is that he threw his slider 37% of the time. So mostly fastball slider, mostly fastball slider since he got called up. I, he didn't get a single whiff on all those sliders. And, and again, it hasn't been an effective pitch for him in any of his three starts. And it's his primary secondary pitch. So, you know, I was just reading the scouting report again. It, earned rave reviews in the minors. I don't know why the slider hasn't been effective for him at the highest level here, but uh, it's. I think it's a little concerning. I I don't know. I mean, hopefully his next start against the A's goes well, but if it doesn't, I don't know that we're, we can be assured the Mariners are going to keep Kirby around. I don't know who, who they would try next, but he still has something to prove. All right. I am looking at strikeout percentage on the season and the Red Sox have the sixth lowest against right-handed pitchers. So, you know, they they were not swinging and missing much in this start against George Kirby, as you mentioned with the slider. And the first pitch strikes, or lack thereof, is, is what I'm noticing so far. He had just uh, 10 first pitch strikes against 23 batters faced. That's a 43% rate. Just not going to get it done for George Kirby. So, uh, hoping that he can fix that in starts moving forward. The call to the bullpen for the Orioles... 
Jorge Lopez entered with a one-run lead. He walked two. He gave up a hit and the tying run. He was relieved by Felix Bautista, who recorded the final out and wound up with the win. For the Padres, Taylor Rogers gave up a hit and a walk, but picked up his league-leading 15th save. For the Reds, my guy, Alexis Diaz, not great, entered in the eighth inning up 4-1. to one. He allowed two walks, a hit, and a run. He was relieved by Tony Santian, who recorded the final five outs for his second save of the season. I believe his first came on opening weekend. So I, I think it was opening day. Might have been opening day, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's. I, I don't think because he got the save this time, he's the closer now. I just think it's a mess. David Bell never settled on one last year, and nobody's given him reason to settle on one this year. All right, for the Mets, Edwin Diaz entered in a one-run game. He gave up two hits, two walks, and a run. He takes his second blown save. For the Cardinals, Ryan Helsley pitched in the ninth inning with the game tied. He faced the top of the lineup. Giovanni Gallegos then gave up two runs in the 10th inning. He takes his second blown save and second loss. The ERA is now up to 4.15. Scott, at some point, if Giovanni Gallegos is is causing them wins then they will turn to Ryan Helsley as the closer. I just don't know if we're there yet. Yeah, I, I want to say, because I know he's been fine recently, Gallegos. I want to say his ERA is inflated by one really ugly outing. And that for the most part, he's been fine. So I, I don't know that we're that close to that happening. All right. Yeah, he gave up four... So this was this was the sixth earned run he's given up this season, and four came in one appearance. And I believe the four he gave up in that one appearance, that also came against the Mets earlier in the season, there was controversy over a play that should have been an error, and those a lot of people thought that those runs should have been unearned, yada, yada. Anyway, um, yeah, outside of that, he's, he's, pitched, uh, he's pitched well. Uh, not as well as we're used to seeing for Gallegos. For the White Sox, Liam Hendricks gave up two hits, but picked up his 12th save. And then for the Diamondbacks, Mark Melanson, he needed this one. A clean ninth inning for his eighth save of the season. To stream or not to stream, Scott's favorite. Let's start with Friday. Zach Thompson versus the Cardinals. Tyler Wells versus the Rays. Martin Perez at the Astros. Christian Javier versus the Rangers. Daniel Lynch versus the Twins. Paul Blackburn at the Angels. Chase Silseth versus the A's and Jake Junis versus the Padres. Hmm. It's not so bad. Uh, no, this isn't so bad. I would, is this the day Liberator starting? No, on Saturday. Okay. Uh, so there are four I feel pretty good about here. I will rank them Christian Javier, Martin Perez, even though it's against the Astros. Chase Silseth and Jake Junis. Okay, Saturday, Matthew Libertor at the Pirates. I just wrote it in for you right now, Scott. Johnny Cueto at the Yankees. Mad Bum at the Cubs. Justin Steele versus the Diamondbacks. Hunter Green at the Blue Jays. Alex Fajardo at the Guardians. Jose Quintana versus the Cardinals. Jeffrey Springs at the Orioles. Brad Keller versus the Twins. Michael Lorenzen versus the A's. These aren't half bad either. I again feel good enough about four of them. This time I will rank them Alex Faido, then Matthew Libertor, then Michael Lorenzen, then Brad Keller. 
All right. See, we were just saving all the streamers for the weekend, Scott. That's exactly what we were Apparently. doing. Apparently. Sunday. Yeah, not so bad. Uh, Sunday, we've got Connor Overton at the Blue Jays, Wade Miley versus the Diamondbacks, Zach Eflin versus the Dodgers, and Yusei Kikuchi versus the Reds. Yusei Kikuchi, I'm fine with, and Wade Miley against the Diamondbacks, I'm fine with. Boom. All of the streamers this weekend. We're not going to get to Fantasy Justice, but the next time we have uh, a short day of action, maybe Monday, I've got to see. It's travel day. So maybe we can get some Fantasy Justice questions in then. We're going to wrap there. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again on Monday. Bye-bye. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.